On this episode of Locked On Grizzlies, did the Memphis Grizzlies win the NBA trade deadline? I'm going to make the argument that they did. Also, what to watch now as the season is pretty clearly a rebuild, a refocus, a retooling for the next time Memphis is competitive. What to watch for in that result. And then, of course, the Grizzlies lost a game on Thursday night to the Chicago Bulls in the wake of the NBA trade deadline. They have a game against the Charlotte Hornets this weekend. We're going to talk about that and more on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Lock in with me. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday to you and yours. It is indeed Friday, Friday. You've got to get down on Friday. I am your host, Joe Mullinex, flying solo on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Between the trade deadline and the game that the Grizzlies played on Thursday night against the Chicago Bulls, to Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal, very busy with his Memphis Grizzlies beat writer duties. So I will close out this week with you here on Lockdown Grizzlies. And I'm so grateful that you're with me wherever you're checking out the show. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, it's all good, and we are all happy to have you, especially me, here on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. We are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day. Again, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Like, comment, rate, review, subscribe. We had a successful day on YouTube with the trade deadline and talking about the David Roddy trade and Xavier Tillman being traded the day before. So thank you to everybody that's checked out the channel, that's subscribed, liked, provided feedback in the comments. We appreciate it. I know DeMichael does. And, of course, I, one of your hosts, your host for this episode, Joe Mullinax, I also appreciate it. Lots to get to on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. I think I mentioned on yesterday's show that this time of year the shows kind of write themselves, right, whether the team is active at the trade deadline, whether they are inactive at the deadline. Things kind of align on their own, and you just react. And that's exactly what we're able to do on this episode of the show because we've got a lot to react to. Maybe it doesn't sound that way because the Grizzlies just traded away David Roddy. But I think the issue with saying it's just David Roddy is twofold. Number one, I struggled and did not realize that there was such an angst about David Roddy among the fan base. And he has struggled this season, no doubt. Don't get me wrong. You look at the numbers on cleaning the glass or wherever you get your stats, you can look it up. Roddy has had a difficult season. I'm not trying to say that he hasn't, but I think that it has more to do with the now former Memphis Grizzly, David Roddy, being lumped in with those failure first-round pick wings, at least failure to this point, in Zaire Williams, Jake LaRavia, and David Roddy. Now, Roddy will forever be intertwined with the DeAnthony Melton trade and the choices that Memphis made to triple down on youth at Zach Kleiman has talked about, this is one of the first acknowledgments that maybe that was a mistake. Because while the Grizzlies got good value for David Roddy, we'll talk more about that here in a moment, there's no denying that a first-round pick being shipped out this soon in his uh, tenure, right? Because this is Roddy's second season, his sophomore season. For them to move on from him in favor of the guys that they received, and again, we'll talk more about that here momentarily, is kind of surprising. Roddy was never the three-point shooter that he was supposed to be, but he provided defensive versatility. 
He was able to defend guys on the perimeter as well as guys in the front court. He could be a stretch four, and I realize I'm using the term stretch loosely, both in terms of his height as well as his ability to space the floor as a three-point threat. But the physical ability to do it was there. And while his ceiling was probably the lowest of the three names that I just mentioned, his own, LaRavia and Williams, his floor is almost certainly the highest at this stage. And maybe that is what Phoenix valued in this trade. And I think that you can make an argument that the way that Memphis handled that, plus the Xavier Tillman trade the day before, plus earlier on the Stephen Adams trade with Houston, those three transactions, in my opinion, made the Memphis Grizzlies one of the winners of the trade deadline. I'm going to miss David Roddy, big body Roddy. I thought he could have helped. Maybe you disagree with that. You can let me know in the comments. But I was a fan of what he brought to the table. If you follow Lockdown Grizzlies, you probably already know that. But the reality is he may have been the one of those three that had the most value at this stage, and it was pretty good value. Again, the Grizzlies pulling off a trade deadline day deal, part of a three-team trade with Brooklyn and Phoenix. Memphis gets Yuta Watanabe, old, old friend Yuta Watanabe. We'll talk more about him later on in the show as one of the guys to watch moving forward this season. Chemenzi Metu comes to Memphis as well, a center who has gotten some minutes this season and elsewhere in his career, can eat some time as a big. And the rights to a pick swap, a future first-round pick swap in 2028, I believe, with the Phoenix Suns. So that doesn't sound like a big deal. That's not something that's super uh, fun to talk about on podcasts, and pick swaps aren't going to win you games right now. I get it. But it's important to talk about on this podcast because it's an added tool in the toolkit of the Grizzlies as they prepare for what should be an eventful summer. And that doesn't mean they're trading away John Morant or Desmond Bain or Jaron Jackson Jr. We'll talk more about Jaron later on in the show, the good and the bad of Jaron we saw on full display in Chicago in the Chicago game with the Bulls. The interesting thing about this coming summer is Memphis now is in a position that if they want to get out of the luxury tax completely, they can. They can opt out of the Luke Kennard contract. Remember, DeMichael talked a little bit about Kennard potentially being a tradable asset at the deadline. Luke Kennard remains in Memphis. So does John Conchar. Those guys, especially Kennard, since it's a team option for next season on his contract, Memphis can operate under the luxury tax and have all the flexibility, not necessarily to sign guys outright in free agency, but to make trades, to use the full mid-level exception. There's all sorts of different angles that they can take as opposed to going into that offseason in that luxury tax situation. And it's possible they do opt in to Luke because he's an elite three-point shooter. I think on yesterday's show I called him one of the top ten shooters in NBA history. Tell, stop me when I'm telling lies. Look at the numbers. Again, I'm not saying he's, he's Steph Curry. I'm not saying he's number five on the list. He's nine or ten, but I would keep him in that top ten list. The numbers back it up, and the Memphis Grizzlies will desperately need the spacing that a guy like Kennard can provide. He's flawed, as DeMichael has pointed out. I accept that, but I like guys that have elite skills, just like DeMichael does. DeMichael liked the elite size and rebounding of Steven Adams. I like the elite shooting talent of Luke Kennard, and it appears the Grizzlies, at least for now, also like him. But between the pick swap, Yuta Watanabe, Metu, between Steven Adams, again, about a week ago now, being shipped out in exchange for three 
second round picks and now the waived Victor Oladipo, right? Oladipo's not even on the roster anymore. And then a couple of second round picks and Lamar Stevens coming to Memphis in exchange for Xavier Tillman. Even if none of those guys play a second for the Memphis Grizzlies, and I think they all might get a shot to start. They don't have to rush the Gigi Jackson contract signing, the two-way deal. He still has some days on it, still has some games. Jacob Gilliard is somebody they'll have to make a decision on sooner rather than later. But those guys can come in to start, and they can have a chance to show what they can do. But the picks and the ability to have that cap flexibility underneath the luxury tax in particular going into next season is what matters because that is what the Grizzlies are going to prioritize. Understandably so. The season is lost. You hope that they compete in games, and then if you're interested in lottery odds, which we're going to talk more about here later on in the show, you want them to lose. If you want them to win, that's part of your fandom. I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. But for the long-term future of the organization, the way the NBA does lottery odds, it's pretty easy to make an argument that you want to see them compete and not get embarrassed, and then you want them to lose, which is exactly what happened on Thursday night against the Chicago Bulls, a team that did not make any trades. They remain in the middle of the pack in the Eastern Conference, a play-in-ish team, hoping to put things together with Zach Levine out due to injury. So where would you rather be? The Grizzlies have made a choice. Guys that were not a part of their long-term plan or players that were going to inhibit future business for them, they moved on from. They got assets in return, picks that are tangible pieces that can be tagged in additional trades down the road, or as we talked about recently on Locked on Grizzlies, the money is only going to get higher for Ja, Dez, and Jaron. You need ways to build the roster around those three, and draft picks are a cost-controlled way to do so. So however they do it, they have options, and those options make them viable long-term, which has been their stated roster flexibility goal with this new reality of the 2023-2024 season. But that doesn't mean that we throw this away and super sim to April and not pay attention the next couple of months. There's plenty to look out for going into this new world post-NBA trend deadline for the Memphis Grizzlies. And we're going to talk about that next here on Lockdown Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you by eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Basketball host, host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire, every week we're going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit your roster. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. I'm intrigued. You've got a guy in Marvin Bagley III getting shipped out uh, to Washington and all the wheelings and dealings of the NBA trade deadline. He's probably the starting center now that Daniel Gafford has been moved. He's worth taking a look at in the fantasy leagues. Maybe Bagley isn't the best player long-term, but in fantasy, he's going to get minutes and he's going to get stats. That's certainly a way to win. And Josh Lloyd knows how to win when it comes to fantasy basketball. He's going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows the championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. It's the same exact thing with your vehicle. With over 122 million parts for your number one car, you can make sure that your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your car needs, eBay Motors has it. And with the eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit, only available to United States customers. 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The reality of this season, the Memphis Grizzlies aren't going to compete very much in terms of playoff positioning. They are simply too far out in the standings. You look at the play-in state of play, Memphis sitting at the 13th seed in the Western Conference. The Jazz are the 10. The Grizzlies are officially 7-ish, give or take the games that are completing as we record this episode. 7-ish games out of the 10 spot in the Western Conference. So a team like the Warriors can certainly still count, catch the Jazz. A team like the Rockets can certainly still catch the Jazz. But there is a pretty set tier now that Memphis resides in, and it's not the play-in tier. So while it's still mathematically possible, it is certainly improbable for Memphis to make that play-in run like we were hoping they would do back when they were 6-3 and three with John Morant in the lineup earlier this year. And this season feels like it's had like three sections already, right? You had the build-up with Jaw's suspension. Then you had the miraculous, wonderful time where Jaw came back and it felt like things were getting better. And now we're in this injury-riddled reality that we currently inhabit. So it's like it's three seasons in one to this point, and now we're beginning a fourth coming out of the trade deadline with Steven Adams, Xavier Tillman, and David Roddy, no longer members of the Memphis Grizzlies. So that's a bummer, right? The Grizzlies are on borrowed time. They're probably planning vacations for the first time in a while. They've been in the postseason conversation for every season of the John Morant era, whether it was the bubble and going into the first original play-in game, whether it's making the play-in tournament, winning it, and going and playing the Jazz in year two of Jaw the last two years being the number two seed in the Western Conference. This is the first time in the Morant era that the Grizzlies are going fishing pretty decisively. So what in the world do you look for in a season like this where everything seemingly is lost? Well, if you haven't been to tankathon.com lately, or if you've never been at all, I highly recommend that you bookmark that website because it's one of my favorite resources. I've covered the Grizzlies for over 10 years. So I'm used to the lean time. And I also understand the value of this lottery pick that Memphis is about to get because they have the ability, while they can't catch the play-in going up, they could potentially catch the Portland Trailblazers going down. There are four terrible teams in the NBA that Memphis probably isn't catching, especially as Desmond Bain, Marcus Smart. The Grizzlies aren't going to sit these guys out if they're healthy and can play. That's one of the differences here. Memphis is not tanking. Detroit, Washington, San Antonio, Charlotte. Those four teams are bad at basketball. And no matter what Memphis does, even if they sat out Bain and Smart the remainder of the season, they're not going to. Memphis probably wouldn't catch them in terms of being bad. But a team that the Grizzlies can catch is the Portland Trailblazers. And that makes things interesting. Because Portland is currently at the five spot, according to Tankathon, and Memphis is currently in sixth. Memphis is only about three games in front of Portland for that spot. If the Grizzlies could somehow get to that five space in the lottery, their odds to win the first overall pick go up pretty substantially, a percentage point and a half. And it also puts them in a spot that is less likely to take a dramatic tumble out of their per current projected pick. Five is just a more advantageous place to be than six. Now, this NBA draft is not one that at this time is considered to be loaded with talent. Again, the Grizzlies aren't going to tank. They're going to continue to compete. Maybe they win, maybe they lose, depending on if they're whether or not they're undermanned. But something to watch now as the season continues is how Memphis addresses that kind of stuff. Maybe they rest guys on back-to-backs that if they were in the mix, they wouldn't have done. 
maybe Jaron Jackson Jr. has a sore knee and he gets a week off, kind of like what just happened uh, a little while ago leading up to the trade deadline. Not that Jaron wasn't legitimately injured, but maybe you're a, a little bit more lenient in terms of making sure he goes into the offseason healthy. Maybe you don't rush Brandon Clark back. I think you'll see Brandon Clark again, maybe sooner rather than later. They made the move with Tillman and Adams. Those are the two centers on the roster. Metu's here now, but maybe they think they're going to get Clark after the All-Star break. That's possible. All-Star break's coming up. So that play-in reality, five versus six, maybe Memphis, if they go on a run, they fall even a little bit lower than that. I want to stress I'm not advocating for that. I want them to compete. But there are arguments for moving in front of Portland for that five spot. And it's not the worst thing in the world if it happens. That's all I'm saying. Another thing to watch as the season grinds forth is the guys that Memphis is basically grateful exist because they cover for the mistake of the front office in the draft the last couple of years with David Roddy and Jake LaRavia and Zaire Williams. Killian Hayes, we've talked about him a lot this week on Lockdown Grizzlies. You know what the Detroit Pistons did with Killian Hayes? They released him. Trying to find a trade for him. It was rumored that that, that Hayes and pick compensation was a hang-up in trades. Memphis was rumored to be in that mix. Imagine the Spider-Man meme reality of Detroit pointing at Memphis, Killian Hayes pointing at Zaire Williams in terms of productivity and saying, who's going to ship out the picks for compensation? Apparently Memphis said, we're not. And Detroit said, okay, we're just going to cut the guy. So Killian Hayes, a free agent. At least he will be. So what happens in that reality, right? That Zaire Williams is not good enough to warrant being traded. Jake LaRavia has been injured more than anything. He hasn't done anything to warrant being traded. You would have to attach assets to get rid of those guys. So you hope they get healthy and figure it out. But you've also got Vince Williams Jr. and Gigi Jackson, who we'll talk more about here in a little bit when we recap the Bulls game, that are doing some pretty impressive things and maybe are filling that void going into next season. So continuing to watch those guys compete and compete well. Hopefully seeing Zaire and LaRavia eventually as they come off the injury list show a capacity to compete at the very least so that they can be traded for other assets or as part of a larger deal this summer. They are negative pieces to this roster right now, not just in terms of on-court production, but in terms of asset value as a player and a contract in the NBA. That's a major issue for these Grizzlies. And then another thing to watch is the continued growth of Jaron Jackson Jr. He is unguardable at times. We'll talk more about the Bulls game here in a moment. But Nikola Vucevic wanted none of Jaron Jackson Jr. for a vast majority of the game. Maybe Andre Drummond is a different story. We'll talk about that too. But Jaron Jackson Jr. continues to evolve as a playmaker for assists in this game against Chicago. Still has the foul issues, which are frustrating, and there needs to continue to be growth in that spot. But Jaron and how he responds. With John Moran out, period, you'll get Desmond Bain back eventually. But Jaron's going to keep being in that lead role. Can he maintain that productivity and carry it on with him as the team refocuses over the summer? That's going to be a major important piece to this. So bookmark tankathon.com because that's going to be a good place to see where Memphis is in terms of five seed, six seed, that sort of stuff. 
be on the lookout for those wings, right? The guys that remain. We know that Jackson and especially Williams Jr. are in the in the plans. But can Zaire and LaRavia show anything? And then the continued star growth of Jaron Jackson Jr. Can the Grizzlies truly be a three kings kind of situation when Jaw returns in the fall? Because obviously that will help with the whole contendership plan that I'm sure the Memphis Grizzlies have. And obviously will help Jaron with extension talks as that stuff ramps up. Um, his contract coming up here soon in and of itself. So lots of things to keep an eye on, even in a season where you guys got your, your selling players, not selling them, but you understand what I mean. You're not a buyer at the deadline. You're a seller. That's what Memphis did. Still plenty to look forward to over these next couple of months as the Grizzlies close out the regular season, the trudge that will be the end of the regular season. We're going to talk about that Bulls game and preview Grizzlies Hornets next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, I want to remind you that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And now you can also find it on Amazon Fire TV. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire TV. That's pretty cool. This episode of Lockdown Grizzlies is brought to you as well by Nissan. Big fan of Nissan, the Nissan Rogue in particular. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventure could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level. Again, the Nissan Rogue is perfect for city drives and great escapes. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. You also could have the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder if that's more your speed. Room for up to eight passengers and expansive cargo capacity, advanced available 4x4 capability. Amazing vehicles, amazing possibilities with Nissan. Take the Nissan Rogue, the Nissan Pathfinder, or even the Nissan Armada and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, closing out the show, talking Grizzlies Bulls, and then previewing the game with the Hornets over the weekend. Stick with us. Welcome back to Lockdown Grizzlies. I am Joe Mullinex, your host for this episode, flying solo on this episode. No to Michael Cole. He's uh, finishing up coverage of the NBA tread deadline for Memphis. He is doing a phenomenal job over there. Follow him at Michael C on X if you don't already do so. Really a tremendous talent, and I'm fortunate to have him as my co-host here on a majority of episodes of Lockdown Grizzlies. But after games, it's usually me that takes you through the journey, and we've had a lot to talk about on this episode. We talked about why I felt the Grizzlies won the trade deadline. They accomplished their goal of increased flexibility, and they have a chance to continue to invest in Vince Williams Jr. and G.G. Jackson. We talked about bookmarking Tankathon, right? Uh, the five versus the six in terms of lottery order. We talked about watching Jaron Jackson Jr. continue to evolve and grow as a star-level offensive player in particular. Plenty of reasons to still watch this team. And hopefully you watched them on Thursday night, but if you didn't, you missed a game where the Grizzlies did exactly what I was referencing earlier. They competed. They won the first quarter. They tied the second quarter. Memphis was up by four going into the half, and they were up by one going into the fourth. So they were competitive, and there were good things to be excited about. Jaron Jackson Jr., like I mentioned earlier, dominating Nikola Vucevic. You had a good Santi Aldama offensive game, three for eight from three, 15 points on 13 shots. Vince Williams Jr. had almost a triple-double. This guy continues to impress. 13 points, 11 rebounds, 8 assists, 3 steals. I have folks that I work with here in the Richmond area that are big VCU, Virginia Commonwealth University, where Vince Williams Jr. went to school. Big fans 
And they love Vince Williams Jr. They follow the Grizzlies now because he's on the team. And they can't believe what this guy is doing at the NBA level. A true late bloomer looking very much like somebody that is more than worthy of the contract extension that he signed. Gigi Jackson at the ripe old age of 19. 27 points off the bench for Gigi Jackson. Nine rebounds in 32 minutes of play. This guy can hoop. Again, the emergence of Williams Jr. and Jackson certainly make the issues with the other wings a little bit easier to swallow. But the Grizzlies lose the game in the fourth quarter. 38-29 to is the way that it ends. Memphis struggles defensively. They're not able to stop Andre Drummond on the glass. Another thing, uh, honorable mention thing to watch for, as hardship deals come up, Brandon Clark returns. The need for a big, you've heard DeMichael talk about it on here before, that's going to be a pretty glaring hole on this roster for the next couple of months, even when Brandon Clark returns. Do they go the route of getting a more traditional, bigger rebounding body? That'll be an offseason question, but I would argue that you know Andre Drummond made it very clear that he is a player to be reckoned with. 10 of 11 from the floor, 21 points, 13 rebounds in 31 minutes off the bench. He dominated Memphis in the front court and was a major reason that the Bulls actually won this contest. So tough evening for Memphis, but they competed, right? And again, if you're of the tankathon variety of mindset, like I was talking about a moment ago, not a bad loss. You go into a game of two of the worst five or six teams in the NBA this year, Grizzlies Hornets this weekend. This is the game that is happening on Saturday. Memphis not playing on Super Bowl Sunday. Thank goodness for them. This is going to be an interesting one because the Hornets are really bad and Memphis is not much better. Now the Grizzlies are better, and I think Memphis will likely be favored in this contest, but it'll be close. It'll be interesting to see. Obviously, Charlotte made some big trades. Seth Curry, Grant Williams coming to Charlotte. Uh, how the eligibility for the game goes, obviously Metu and Watanabe, uh, those guys could potentially be in the mix. Lamar Stevens, they could all be in the Grizzlies lineup and Grizzlies rotation by Saturday, depending on how these trades process over the next several hours. So it's going to be really fascinating to see what these two teams look like, what their rotations are like. Uh, Will you have Luke Kennard back, who missed on Thursday due to illness? How is Jaron feeling? Does he stay in the mix? We've talked about Nick Richards on this show before, maybe a summer target for a trade for the Grizzlies to bring in to try to be that center. He leads Charlotte in rebounding. So it's going to be an interesting game. I think that the fact that Miles Bridges is still in Charlotte, obviously all the baggage that accompanies Bridges. He had scored 40 points in two consecutive games recently. He's a very talented player. You'd you'd think that Vince Williams Jr. will draw that assignment defensively. But watching how the two teams approach this game again, the Grizzlies aren't actively tanking. Charlotte's really bad, and you could argue that moving on from Gordon Hayward, the other moves that they made, P.J. Washington being shipped away, Charlotte kind of is tanking. So the Grizzlies will probably have the best player on the floor if Jaron plays uh, in Jaron Jackson Jr. Uh, you obviously have, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, you have uh, somebody that would maybe argue with that in LaMelo Ball. But I, I think that Jaron has probably proven that he's the best on the floor in that particular sense. Uh, most times that he steps out there, not every time, but most times. But you you have to keep in mind how good this team is, uh, you know, Ball, if he is out there on the floor for Charlotte, 
is a threat, but he's been in and out of the lineup, obviously, with his own injury concerns. I'm curious to see what this team looks like going into this coming season, uh, or excuse me, coming into this game. Two teams approaching this process vastly different. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun to see how the Grizzlies attack Charlotte. Can they run them off the floor, so to speak, even in their injured state? Just two different ways of approaching the, the same kind of reality, if that makes sense. And you want to see Williams and Jackson, Gigi Jackson, continue to have success. You want to see Scottie Pippen Jr., who did some good things against Chicago, kind of fittingly, right? Scottie Pippen Jr. Uh, doing some good things basketball-wise against the Bulls. He's been impressive. You want to see Trey Jemison have a better outing than he did. Uh, Andre Drummond dominated that guy. And if one of the reasons that people were excited about Jemison is he's big and strong, didn't see that very much against the Bulls. So you'd like to see him bounce back a little bit uh, as his 10-day contract continues with Memphis. And he gets the chance to try to prove he's an NBA big. He didn't look it against Chicago. So a bounce back game for him would be good to see as well. So obviously the big game has all the attention on Sunday. Quite all right. Understandable. There's a big game on Saturday, too. It's Grizzlies Hornets. Make sure you're giving it a watch. I almost made it through without a slight chuckle. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. Wherever you're checking it out, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, literally anywhere you get your podcasts. I appreciate it. I know DeMichael appreciates it. Again, we've had a successful week here leading up to the trade deadline. I argue that the Grizzlies had a successful week. Maybe you agree, disagree. Let us know in the comments. Give us some feedback. We look forward to hearing from you. On our next episode, DeMichael and I should be back together, and we can talk about, you know, does he agree uh, who that the Grizzlies were a winner at the deadline? Maybe we can talk winners and losers at the NBA at large. Obviously, we'll have the Charlotte game to review, and we will also have, with the Grizzlies uh, playing on that Monday, we will have a game against the Pelicans to preview this last week leading into the All-Star break. And that'll lead to a nice little break for DeMichael and I as well. Spoiler alert. We'll talk more about that next week. But that'll come. Whether you're an everydayer, whether you're with us every once in a while, maybe this is your first time coming through because you're a fan of the Phoenix Suns or whatever, or the Boston Celtics, whatever the case might be, hopefully you smash that subscribe button, you like, comment, rate, review. You make Lockdown Grizzlies a part of your NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content consumption moving forward. Don't forget about Locked On Sports Today, now on Amazon Fire TV, as well as on YouTube, 24-7 streaming sports channel, fantastic content. Subscribe there, go check them out, go check out Locked On NBA, and make sure on Monday after the big game, you check out Locked On Grizzlies. Thank you again for a great week. Enjoy the weekend, enjoy the games. We'll catch you on Monday here on Locked On Grizzlies. Have a good one.